Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Best for you, Lord, this beautiful morning. Lord, I magnify your name one more time. I give praises to the God of the heavens and the earth, maker of heaven and earth, creator of all things, master of the universe. We give you glory and praise once again. Thank you for granting us a time again in your presence. Thank you for the blood that makes it possible for us to come again this morning. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise, precious Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we have come to magnify you as the Alpha and Omega. We have come to magnify you as the Ancient of Days as the God that does not grow old, the God that cannot die, the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. We have come to magnify you because you are the one all creation will bow down before and cry out, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Receive all our praises this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we read our Bibles again this morning, we ask, Lord, for wisdom. We ask for understanding. We ask that you help us to learn and interpret your word correctly. And let your name be glorified in our lives once more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue our reading, Bible commentary, and study of the New Testament. We are currently in the book of Mark. Today we'll be reading Mark chapter 8. A big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. I hope you're doing well where you are. Thank you to everyone joining. If you're joining for the first time, I especially appreciate you this morning. Thank you for taking our time to search for the word of God. And I pray this morning that these words will fill your heart, that the Lord himself will grant you understanding in his word. And I pray that here you will know the Lord better and better. In the mighty name of Jesus. Alright, let's read on this morning. We are reading Mark chapter 8. Here, Jesus feeds 4,000. Remember, in chapter 7, he fed 5,000. And I did allude to the fact that after this event, uh, Jesus has um, not necessarily a sharp disagreement with the disciples, but um, he had had, he had this time with the Pharisees where they were demanding for um, a sign, a miraculous sign. And then Jesus told them to beware of the yeast, the yeast of the Pharisees. How they related that to bread, considering they had wasted the leftover from <laughs> from the feeding of the 4,000. How they related it is beyond me. 
All right, so we'll read that today, and then we'll read about Jesus healing a blind man, and then Jesus telling his disciples he was going to die. This is where Mark chapter 8 is where Jesus tells Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Let's see what to learn from there. About this time, verse 1, about this time, another large crowd. So it's not the same crowd. Um, most likely it's in a different region, a different place about this time. But around that time, another large crowd had gathered and the people ran out of food again. They had some food this time. Now they ran out of food again. Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry. I feel sorry for these people. They have been here with me for three days and they have nothing, to, nothing left to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will faint along the way for some of them have come a long distance. Hmm? Makes sense, right? <laughs> his disciples replied, How are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness? So sometimes, I don't know, these are some of the questions I would like to ask when we get to heaven and we get to see the disciples. I, 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 by the grace of God, I will be there. And I trust God, you listening this morning, you will be there uh, in heaven with us. Okay, I would like to ask some of these questions. The Bible says this is another crowd. So automatically it is referencing the first crowd that Jesus had fed with 5,000 men. You know what 5,000 men looks like? Aha, that's a lot of people. Okay, so it's not something anyone can forget. And so on a day like this, I would have taught the question to ask Jesus, is uh, master would you would you oblige us with another miracle <laughs> or what do you think would you oblige us with another miracle so how could your question be exactly the same question you asked when he fed the five thousand how are we supposed to find enough food to feed them out here in the wilderness you found food the last time to feed even more there are more people in that crowd than this crowd why because here you had 4,000 men. In that crowd, you had 5,000 men. And 1,000 is a lot of difference. Okay, so you were able to feed some, maybe 15 to between 15 to 20,000 people at that time. What should have been, should not have been an issue for you to, to think that the Jesus that did that one will be able to do this one. And that is why you see again and again, Jesus will tell them, don't you have faith because the faith he was questioning the faith he was questioning was their faith in him whoever asks this question i will question his faith in jesus yes i was question his faith in jesus he said to feed them out here in the wilderness verse 5 jesus asked how much bread do you have in fact jesus is very tolerant if i was the one and it was like my dad that would put his glasses down like this and look at you over the glasses and <laughs> is there something wrong with your head? <laughs> Didn't we feed 5,000 5, men the last time? What's the problem? We'll feed this ones now. Jesus asked, how much bread do you have? Seven loaves, they replied. <laughs> so Jesus told all the people to sit down on the ground. 
Then he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, and broke them into pieces. First of all, we said whenever Jesus performed these miracles, he would first of all set order. There will be order. He told them to sit in fifties and hundreds. And here, when he tells them to sit in, in sit down on the ground, I'm sure they will be sitting in groups, maybe in groups of families. He said he took the seven loaves, thanked God for them, gave thanks to God, and broke them into pieces. And he gave them to the disciples who distributed the bread, distributed to the crowd, the bread to the crowd. A few small fish were found too, so Jesus also blessed these and told the disciples to distribute them. So like I said, the food was multiplying in the hands of Jesus. He broke, he broke them into pieces and gave, gave them to his disciples. I'm sure that as they are coming back, he is continuing to break it and give them to the disciples until everyone was fed and the food was distributed to everyone. Verse 8 says they ate as much as they wanted. In other words, as long as the people wanted to eat, there were still people coming for food, asking for food. The bread flow continued. As, as long as the hunger, uh, the test for the bread was there, the, the, the bread flow continued. They ate as much as they wanted. Afterwards, the disciples picked up seven large baskets of leftover food. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day. If it says 4,000 men in the crowd that day, you can be sure that there were women and children. There were about 4,000 men in the crowd that day, and Jesus sent them home after they had eaten. Immediately after this, he got into a boat with his disciples and crossed over to the region of Dalmanuta. Okay, so I just had a note. I just perceived it in my heart. Someone asking, so pastor, why are you sure that there will be children in the crowd? Jesus was worried. Remember, one of his worry was that when he sent them away, you know, some of them had come a long distance and they will be, they will be weary. They will be weary on the way. Okay. Because he said that some of them had come along. If I send them verse three home, they will faint along the way. I can promise you it's not talking about talking about that, about men. It's talking about women and children, most likely. Okay? Of course, possibly some men, but you won't use this for just men. Children will be the one to be weary along the way, and even women. So definitely there were women and children in this crowd. All right, let's move on to our next, the next story. The Pharisees demand a miraculous sign. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived, uh, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. Remember, Jesus sent already sent the crowd away, right? And then crossed over to the region of Dalmanuta. So when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had arrived in the region of Dalmanuta, they came and started to argue with him, testing him. They demanded that he showed them a miraculous sign from heaven to prove his authority. Eh? The multiplying of loaves out of thin air was not enough to prove his authority. The walking on water that they would have had was not enough to prove his authority. No one, on, as far as we've been reading our Bible, 
no one has ever walked on water before was not enough to prove his authority speaking to 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 the storm okay so maybe some of them were not there but remember that that day there were several boats along with jesus speaking to the storm speaking to the wind and telling them to be still to calm down and everybody would have wowed the news would have spread everywhere was not enough to prove his authority saying to the to, to, to the little girl talita kum rise little girl raising the dead was not enough to prove his authority they were not looking for any proving of authority they were simply looking for a way to trap him and kill him so when he had this you remember they demanded for a miraculous sign from heaven so i don't know maybe what they are asking him for is that something god will do something from heaven i don't know to prove his authority when he had this, he signed deeply in his spirit and said, Why do these people keep demanding a miraculous sign? I tell you the truth, I will not give this generation any such sign. So he got back into the boat and left them and crossed to the other side of the lake. Now, so fine, this is what Mark captures for us, right? But if you read this, I think it's according to Luke, I'm not too sure now, when you read this same event, so it's possible, one of the things I learned with the Bible, remember that each of those, write, each of the writers of the gospel captured the event that they were in, and I'm telling you that, look, I am almost certain that there were several instances. There were several instances Jesus walked on water. There were several instances Jesus healed the blind and all of, all of that. So sometimes we have to be careful that we are talking about the same event. Because when you read this same event in the book of Luke, Luke tells us that Jesus tells them, look, that the sign, the only sign I will give to them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. That just like Jonah was in the belly of the way of the fish for three days, so the Son of Man will be in, in the belly of the earth. Okay, so Jesus actually gave them a sign. It was just not the miraculous sign that they were looking for. So he crossed to the other side of the lake. I pray Jesus will not live your own life because what were they doing? They were arguing with him. They were arguing with him. Jesus left that place. So verse 14 says, But the disciples, but the disciples had forgotten to bring any food. Remember that after feeding, Jesus would not have allowed them to waste anything. Everybody was failed, feeding people, and then crossing over to the region of Dalmanuta, they would have had bread. I don't know how the confrontation with the, with the Pharisees was so bad, but by the time the disciples left there, they left all the food behind. So, but the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread. They had only one loaf of bread with them in the boat. As they were crossing the lake, Jesus warned them, Watch out, beware of the, of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. The yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Why don't you guys have any faith in me? If we need bread right here, so sincerely, Jesus really never did any miracle, personal miracle for himself. 
But if the disciples were hungry, I'm sure Jesus could have prayed and God, if they were really hungry, God would have given them bread. He prayed for uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Okay, so he could have prayed for them also. Jesus told Peter, go to the lake, throw in the line, the first fish you catch, you will find you will find a gold coin in its mouth. Okay, so the question is, because in my own mind, it feels like Jesus was a, a miracle manufacturer on two legs, walking on two legs. <laughs> so why sometimes when they were faced with things where they could easily, okay, Turn to Jesus, turn in faith to Jesus, okay, uh, and they didn't. Was it a marvel? So when we get to heaven, these are some of the questions I want to ask. Of course, I am almost certain that the the response I will get was that we were just simply humans. We didn't we didn't realize who he really was. Okay, so why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? Are your hearts too hard to take in who I am? You have eyes, can't you see? You have ears, can't you hear? Hi! Jesus says, don't you remember anything at all? When I fed the 5,000 with with five loaves of bread, how many baskets of leftover did you pick up afterwards? Twelve, they said. See, and, and when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, how many large baskets of leftover did you pick up? They said, seven, they said. Don't you understand yet? In other words, even this one loaf, God could multiply. So why is that one the problem? I'm not asking you about bread. Hallelujah. He asked them. So when they arrived when they arrived at Bethsaida. Okay, so Mark cuts the story short, and this is why I want to encourage everyone listening this morning. Uh, please, earlier in the year, between between January January and the month of April, we did, we did um, what we call an harmonization of the Bible. So what we, we did was to read, when we are reading this particular experience, in one part of the one part of the gospel, we read it where it appeared in the other gospel. What that did for us was give us a more rounded, a more rounded of understanding of the experiences. Okay, so in this instance, when Jesus said, "Don't you understand yet? Don't you still understand?" Okay, it didn't end there, because it now said that the disciples then understood that he was not talking about bread but about the yeast of the pharisees or the influence of the yeast or the influence of the pharisees hallelujah but that's this is where mark ends it so we drop it here so i encourage please go back just a few months back and listen to the harmonization of the gospel it will bless you i'm telling you it will bless you 22 says when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought they brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? These are some of the questions I say I want to ask Jesus. Remember just a, a few chapters a chapter ago, Jesus, same thing with a man that was born, you know, um, deaf and dumb. 
Jesus took him aside and then spits in his hands and used put it in his put his hand in the man's ears and then used it, it to touch the man's you know the saliva to touch the man's mouth and then it was open and he said a fatter and it was his mouth was opened and he began to speak here again at something similar happens then spitting on the man's eyes he laid his hands on him and i would like to ask jesus oh okay wait to be sincere only mark captures these dramas <laughs> so i would like to ask uh, jesus did did it happen exactly as mark captured it or mark is the one adding a little bit of effizy <laughs> can you see anything the man looked around yes he said i see people but i can't see them very clearly they look like trees walking around <laughs> no people shouldn't look like trees then jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again and his eyes were opened his sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly jesus sent him away saying don't go back don't go back into the village on don't go back into the village on your way on your way home okay so these are questions i would like to ask jesus why did you have to lay your hands on him twice then how was he seeing the first time because when you laid hand on him a second time he said then his eyes and his eyes were opened was his eyes not opened the first time or his eyes were opened but he was seeing <laughs> he was seen in a in a different way the way human beings should not see human beings should not be seeing people like trees <laughs> so when we get to heaven who asked some of those questions. All right, let's look at this Peter's declaration about Jesus. So Jesus and his disciples left Galilee and went up to the village near Caesarea Philippi. As they were walking along, he asked them, who do people say I am? And I'm going to ask this you the same thing this morning. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? Because this it's a very vital question. Yesterday, I was watch, watching the debates by Dr. White, you know, and this other professor, and it was on the Trinity. And sincerely, I haven't listened to the debate. It comes down to this question. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do people say I am? Well, they replied, some, some say John the Baptist some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other prophets. Then he asks them, but who do you say I am? Why did they need? Of course, if I was Jesus, I'm going to ask them this question. Because since he has been telling them, look, why is it that you guys don't have faith? And I said, when we talk about the subject of faith, you are talking about faith in the person, in the person you are you are you are relating you are relating with when jesus said you don't have faith in me he's saying that you don't know me if you know me then you would know that i can do these things okay so when jesus is asking them who who do you say i am he wanted to be sure they realized who he was okay so peter replied you are the messiah wow you are the messiah Okay, or of course that would be in the Greek, it would be you are the Christ, or you are the anointed one, you are the Messiah. But Jesus warned them not to tell anyone, not to tell anyone about, about him. You want to read this parallel, okay? 
also in Matthew and in the book of Luke, quite amazing. You, he didn't just Peter didn't just stop there by saying you had the Messiah. Aha. Peter continued ahead, and then Jesus said, "Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, okay? But my Father who is in heaven." So you see how we have read. Some of us have read the Bible so much that we just had it to it, okay? But it's not in the book of Mark. Right, let's read the final. Jesus predicts his death. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Peter began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. See, eh? Satan was not seeking to influence only Peter. Let me tell you the truth. He was seeking to influence all of them. Sorry, I added just a little bit of time, okay? He was looking to influence all of them. So it wasn't just... (laughs) Even though eventually Jesus spoke to Peter, he looked at all of them. Mm. (laughs) Because I'm sure that they all wanted to say something, but they were just afraid. Only Peter (laughs) was bold enough to say, "Ah, you can't die now. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples. Then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan. He said, you are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. So, is Jesus saying that Peter is Satan? No, absolutely not. Jesus is simply saying that Peter had allowed Satan to launch his view, his perspective, to launch it into the heart of the other people. Because in reprimanding Jesus dead that you will not die, of course, all of them would have caught on to it and said, ah, no, Jesus, you cannot die. All right, let's finish this 34. Then calling the crowds to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Hallelujah. I pray this morning you will not be ashamed of Jesus. Will you lift up your hands with me this morning and say, Jesus, I am not ashamed of you. I am not ashamed of you. I choose you, Jesus, today. I choose you, Jesus, today. All right, let's go into the day. Continue to meditate on these things. Who is Jesus to you? Who do you say Jesus is? I say that he is the son of God. I say that he is the Alpha and Omega. Father, we say thank you this morning. Give us a revelation of who Jesus is. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.